Hello, my friend, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the sixth day of January. It's our first Saturday in the new year and the first time that we get to tell you about the Sunday full-length sermon that you can expect right here wherever you listen to this podcast. We drop a full-length sermon every Sunday morning. It's actually way up in the middle of the night. We drop it on YouTube. We also uh, drop it at some point that morning, all audios. If you like if you like video, you can get it at PWM's, our YouTube channel. Of course, everything available at our website, paulwhiteministries.com. The sermon you look for tomorrow is, well, technically, if, if I was doing things properly, and I, and I certainly don't always follow the rules, if I were following the Christian calendar to the letter, the sermon that's going to air today would be preached today. The sermon is titled Epiphany, and to, to, I, I said today, the sermon that will air tomorrow, I'm sorry, the sermon that will air tomorrow should be preached tomorrow, called Epiphany, because tomorrow's Epiphany on the Christian calendar, and why that matters, um, well, it's important if you want to follow the Christian story with the global church at large, because Advent this year took us all the way up to Christmas Eve, then you have Jesus in the manger, that's Christmas, the arrival of light. God wrapped in flesh. Then there's a week in between that is, oftentimes you'll hear, if, you, if you're in, in churches that preach the lectionary, you'll hear sermons about Mary, the Magnificat. You'll hear Simeon. You'll hear Anna. This is Jesus' circumcision. All of that was on the Christian calendar last week. Then tomorrow's Epiphany. And Epiphany is, in our modern vernacular, is like an idea. I, I realized something. But in the Greek vernacular, it's an appearing or manifestation of God to worshipers. Paul uses it in his Timothy letter. We celebrate Epiphany as the moment where Jesus becomes, there's a revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles, and we use the wise men. That's, that's where they belong in the Christian story. They don't belong with the nativity. They don't belong with the shepherds. They are their own thing. They are a separate people, Gentiles. And God uses quite an example of Gentiles, magi. Um, I go into this in full in this sermon in a way that I think will intrigue you about the kind of people whom God chooses to reveal himself to. And if God would choose to reveal Jesus to a group of wise men from the East whose connection to the prophetic was probably through the words of another Gentile, I explain in this sermon what I mean, then he'll use anything. And I correlate that to Paul's sermon to those those Athenians at the Aragopolis where he says, this is the statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. In him we live, we breathe, we move, we have our being. He's not far from us. We are his offspring. And uh, this is a message that I hope will shine a great spotlight on Jesus, but also show you how you qualify to have an epiphany to see Christ. I preached it a week early for two reasons. One, so that it would air on epiphany for our audience. But two, I'm very excited to get our church, the Garden Church of the Midlands, to get them back into and then through the rest of the Apostles' Creed. And we're heading into what is really the final third the segment of I Believe in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to preach that live tomorrow, and then we're going to start airing those on subsequent weeks. So 
Get ready for that if you were looking forward to the end of our series on the Apostles' Creed in this last segment. Um, is a whole lot of fun. I love talking about the Holy Spirit, and we get to do that um, coming up very soon. Okay. All of that said, I also want to say thank you. It's now, I mean, as I'm recording this, we're just on the other side of New Year's Day, and I record these in advance, and the mail has rolled in from the end of the year. So I got a, we got a stack of Christmas cards from our partners and friends. We got end-of-year donations from many of our partners and friends. And a lot of times, in several cases, that's, those are pretty sizable donations. People kind of wait to the end of the year to give. And we, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to all of those of you who have been faithful and gave consistently. I want to say thank you to those of you who give once a year those of you who give occasionally, those of you who send us a card or a note or a letter just encouraging us, these mean so much to Natasha and I, and we're so grateful and so thankful for them. And I want everyone to know that January is a, is a busy month for us in the office. We prepare the end-of-year tax receipts for everyone who gave over $200. We uh, legally are required to send out receipts for those donations. And so we do, and we include our end-of-year family New Year's photo. Um, if you would like that, but you don't, you haven't given, but you'd like to be on the mailing list to receive that, of course, you can just email us at, at uh, ddp at paulwhiteministries.com, and we'll put you on there, give us your address, we'll send you one. Um, if you have ever considered becoming a partner, uh, we would love for you to get the new year started by partnering with us. There's a lot of things we would like to do that just quite frankly is out of our range to do financially. And so if with some more help, we could probably do that. And so would you consider being part of that help? It's also tax season uh, for everyone. It's heading into it. And for us um, every year, that that is a, a, a bill that that just keeps coming at you every year and every year God provides, but it takes um, oftentimes the, the donations, the, those special donations from our partners that help bring us over the top for that. So please pray about that. We, we appreciate so much if you would. I'm, I'm going to just introduce the next story, spend about a minute on it, and then we're going to really dig in tomorrow. It's from Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. Uh, we're going to stop there. That's introducing the city. Jesus goes into a town of Nain. We don't ever see him going back to Nain, but he goes into the little town of Nain, and he is about to attend a funeral. Uh, it, it appears as if he's just there, and the funeral goes past him, and he's so moved that he's going to, of course, make a difference in this woman's life and in this funeral. But I want to talk about, in the next couple of days, resurrection and I want to I want to go ahead and tease you with this, give you this little teaser. What Jesus does at Nain and what he does at Lazarus's tomb and what he does at 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 uh, Jairus's house in in his twelve year old daughter's raising from the dead is not the same as the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And I want to talk about that and why that's theologically important. And we'll get started on that tomorrow as we've brought Jesus and the disciples and a great crowd into the village of Nain. Have a great day. God bless.